Will you join me this morning and let's read our scripture. It comes from uh, the 13th chapter of uh, Luke's version of the gospel. Uh, this is the New Revised Standard Version. Uh, it says that Jesus told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, see here, for three years I've come looking for fruit on this fig tree and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. And if it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. Mason and I have a really a pretty good-sized magnolia tree in our front yard. And we have quite a few kids on our street who love to climb in it and play in it. And it really makes me happy when we have our windows open or when we come out the front door. I always smile when I hear those voices up in those branches of that tree and playing up there in the branches. I love that the kids love the tree. But as much as the kids love playing in and around that tree, I'm pretty sure that they value it for reasons not as serious as mine. To them, its worth is based on its climbability. There are lots of trees in our neighborhood, and you can't climb them all. But you can climb this one. And to them, that makes it a better tree. I see the tree as part of something much, much more vital. I'm married to a tree hugger. I am a tree hugger. We have a lot of tree huggers in our church. And although the term is sometimes used by those who don't consider the earth and the environment to be a serious matter, and they use it as a disparaging slur toward those of us who do, I claim it. I own it, and I state with great pride that I'm a tree hugger. And by the way, treehugger.com is a really good website to go to for those of us who care about the earth. If you've never been there, just go to treehugger.com. It is fantastic and full of lots of resources and ideas, and it's fun and interesting and educational, and you find yourself inspired to do so many things. So when you get a chance, go to treehugger.com and, and check it out. But I think it's important for tree and different folks to know that God actually has a thing for trees. The Bible is full of stories, parables, analogies, and references to trees. As a matter of fact, other than people and God, of course, trees are the most mentioned living thing in the Bible. Did you know that? In the very beginning... In the very first chapter of Genesis, God said, Let the earth put forth plants yielding seed and fruit trees of every kind. Nearly a third of the sentences in the first three verses of the Bible contain something about a tree. Vital and important parts of the creation story include the tree of life and the tree of knowledge. Every major character and every major theological event in the Bible has an associated tree somewhere in the story or in the timeline. 
In the very first psalm and on the very last page of Revelation, you find a tree. The only physical description that we have of Jesus in the Bible is found in the book of Isaiah. And there the prophet says to look for the one who resembles a little tree growing out of the barren land. God has a thing for trees. More than once in the scripture, believers are urged to be like a tree. Jeremiah says, like a tree planted by the water, sending out its roots that don't fear when heat comes and its leaves stay green and they're not anxious in times of drought and they never cease to bear fruit. God has a thing for trees. In Isaiah, trees clap their hands. In 1 Chronicles, they shout for joy. In the book of Judges, they even argue in Proverbs, wisdom is referred to as a tree. Sounds to me like God has a thing for trees. <laughs> and Jesus did too. He talked about trees and He used them often to make a point or to teach a lesson. He knew who His audience was. He knew them well. He knew their culture. He knew what they valued. And He knew that they could relate to a story or a parable about a tree. And as we know well, Jesus loved to use parables. You know, parables are basically um, earthly stories that illustrate heavenly or spiritual or eternal truths and ideas. And according to biblical scholars, throughout the course of His ministry, Jesus told about 40 different parables. And the one that we read about today, that we read through today, was by far the shortest one of all of them that he shared. But hopefully it's one that we'll be able to keep in our pockets when we need to be reminded of the lessons that it brings. So, what is that lesson? As we got here this morning early, as usual... Keith and Barry were already here getting things ready to go and getting our worship space together. And uh, you may not know that after service on Sundays, because we want to make sure all of these plants are taken care of, we move them to a place where they can get some sunlight. And that means that when we come back in the following Sunday, we need to move them back into this space so they can be the celebrities that they are and everyone can, can see them. And we were talking about, I, I happened to mention that I really was hoping that I would have time yesterday to go and get a fig tree and bring it here this morning just to have for the lesson. I have no idea what we'd do with it because I don't think it's the season for figs to be figging, <laughs> growing, <laughs> producing. And Keith happened to mention, he said, that's, that's one of those parables in the Bible that I just have trouble understanding and figuring out. Of course, there are several stories about fig trees in the Scripture, and this particular parable, I think, has an important lesson to teach us. So what is that lesson? Several years ago, before we were here in this space, there was another wonderful congregation of people who met under these same rafters. They sang and worshipped and searched for God's truth just like we do. They were inspired then as we are today. They were passionate then as we are today. 
They were led by the Spirit then, as we are today. But over time, and because of various circumstances, eventually that congregation had to make the incredibly difficult decision to turn off the lights and close the doors. It seemed the God story would be silent at 500 Don Anna Drive. Time went on, the building sat empty. The space started to deteriorate and the grounds became overgrown. Everyone who passed by saw a place that once bore witness to beautiful things, but had fallen silent and useless. The place that once had purpose and once bore fruit was now simply taking up space. I wonder how many people drove by this place and envisioned a better use for the land, a different, more lucrative purpose for this piece of property. A place that was birthed to bring light to the world now found itself dark. A tree that had been planted to bear fruit no longer lived up to its calling. If the story of this place were a parable, maybe it would read like this. There once was a church birthed and planted to share hope. One day someone came to it in need but found it barren. They said, this church was planted to give life, but now it's lifeless and of no use. We should tear it down. Why should it be wasting such valuable ground? But some people with a vision replied, please, let us try. Let us work on it and care for it. Pour love into it and cultivate it. If it bears fruit again, if it gives life again, all is well and good. But if it doesn't, you can tear it down. My friends, that's us in the lesson of the spared fig tree. This parable that Jesus shared is not abstract to those of us here at BUCC. Several years ago, we were worshiping in the chapel of the old Lexington Theological Seminary and we were told that the place where we'd been gathering since our beginning was about to be closed. And we had just a few short weeks to find another place to call home. Led by our founding pastor, Marsha Moores Charles, the congregation found itself standing just outside these walls in overgrown grass that had grown into thorns and weeds. The place had pretty much been abandoned. There were chains on the doors, the power was off, but there was something here that wasn't ready to die. There was something here that was ready to be reignited. And when the powers that be said to tear it down, Pastor Marcia and the rest of us said, give us a chance to turn it into something useful again, something that can be alive and bear fruit again. Let us give this place another chance. If the parable of Luke 13 is about anything at all, it's about making things that are lifeless, full of life again. It's about pouring ourselves into something that may seem to be over with and giving it everything we've got to make it alive again, productive again, to revive its purpose, 
to renew its calling. It's about getting another chance. I've got a good idea that many of us, most of us, probably all of us, in this space today would be in a much different, probably much worse place if not for the second chances and the third chances and the fourth chances and the many, many other chances that we've had to do it all over again, to do it better and maybe start all over again. I've done it. Thank God for the grace that gave me another chance to do things better. And the story is universal. I love that on the front page of this morning's Lexington Herald Leader is a story about someone who's better today, alive today, helping others today because she was given another chance. Drugs and circumstances had robbed her of everything. Her family, her life, her joy, her health, her well-being, her emotions, her desire to live. But Megan Simpson triumphed because somebody gave her another chance. If you get a chance today or this week, I want you to read. I want to encourage you to read the story of Megan Simpson and all of her wasted chances before she finally found the strength and the will to survive. Thank heavens for the grace of God, friends, family, and strangers for all the second chances they give. I love that Jesus uses the metaphor of the trees. They're like us, or maybe we're like them, and that we both go through seasons. We're alike because we're sometimes weakened by drought, dry times. Sometimes the winds are blowing and we've got to trust our roots to keep us anchored. Sometimes pests and disease chip away at our strength. Sometimes we want desperately to be more productive and to bear fruit. But try as we might, we find that we just can't seem to do it on our own. Sometimes we just need some nurturing, some care. And when everyone has given up on us, that someone steps in and says, let me help. Sometimes we trees just need a little help. We need a little love. We need a little attention. We need a little care. Sometimes we trees just need a little hug. And I've already told you that I'm proud, a very, very, very proud tree hugger. Thanks for joining us for the Bluegrass United Church of Christ podcast. We'd love to have you join us for a service sometime. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 500 Don Anna Drive in Lexington, Kentucky. You can find us online at bluegrasschurch.org.